Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Shiva Shoiga and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations. The podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Finding the right health insurance package is important. But with a wide range of plans available on the Irish market, it can be a daunting task when you don't know where to start. That's why for the next four weeks, I've teamed up with HCC, supported by Irish Life Health. HCC.ie compares multiple insurers to help you choose a health insurance plan that's right for you and your pocket. They can help you find a plan that delivers all-round mental health support with professionally trained counsellors to listen and give you considered and practical advice. And to get a free health insurance review, simply go to their website, hcc.ie. This week, I chat to the incredible Alana Sheehan, who goes by the Instagram handle at worth underscore fighting for. On a normal day, if I'm eating dinner, all I'm like, and this is an absolute gift, and I'm sure you have the same thing now. Um, if I'm eating dinner, all I am thinking about is eating dinner. If I'm drinking, all I'm like drinking a glass of water, all I'm thinking about is this water. Yeah, yeah. If I'm out walking, I'm thinking about the fresh air. I am so present and so in the moment now. And on my bad days, are the days that I just can't my head is racing ahead I'm thinking of Phoebe getting married or I'm thinking of like Finn going to college I'm it that my bad days are the days that I can't be in the moment and my head is racing ahead and I am yeah I'm just like I won't like even the chance of living longer than two years 50% chance like that is better than what I thought but then if I think about like my children are going to be two six and seven or eight and like that's not long enough. Elana is married to Martin, they live in Tipperary and they have three kids. Finn who's five, Luca who's three and Phoebe who's one and has just started to walk. 
But last year, her world changed forever when she was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive type of brain cancer. In this conversation, you'll hear how tough it's been for her, having to have brain surgery, 30 days of radiation and six months of chemotherapy. But you'll also hear how grateful she is for her life and how she's really living every day with her family. I've wanted to talk to her for months now and I'm so thankful that we made it happen this week. It's a powerful conversation and it's one I'll never forget. So we're recording this chat. It's the 15th of February. And when we were messaging each other back and forth, we had another date in mind and then that didn't happen. And I suggested the 15th of February without actually knowing the significance of the day. And then later on, you told me that that was the day last year when I suppose everything changed. And we'll get to that during the conversation. But so let's start with you and Martin. You're together 16 years. And when I'm looking at posts that you put up on Instagram, I can just feel the the bond that you guys share. I'm with, with Martin since I was 17 and I'm 33 now. So I just don't know how I managed to pick such a good one at such a young age. Like, I'm really, really lucky it worked out because it could have went so, so wrong. <laughs> yeah. And did you know from the beginning that, I, you know, there was something good here? Yeah. Like, I remember... I remember seeing him. Obviously, I wasn't out to find a husband. Like, I was still in sure. secondary school. Yeah. Um, but I just knew that there was something special about him. I didn't know what it was, but I just wanted him to be mine. Yeah. And it turned out it worked out for me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so within a few years, you moved pretty quickly, really, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Um, he lived in South Tip and I lived in North Tip. It's not not like other countries or anything. But obviously I wasn't driving at the time. So he'd come up and see me a few times every week. Yeah. And then as soon as um, it was possible, once I was finished school, um, I sound like such a child. <laughs> <laughs> but once I was, I was finished school and then I was working full time, he was still working full time. And then we decided that we'd move in together. Like we just knew that it was the right time for us. And I think we decided maybe on a Friday and then we ended up moving in somewhere on a Monday. OK, but it just it just felt right. It yeah. wasn't like my parents weren't angry. His parents weren't angry. I think they just kind of knew it was the next step for us. Yeah. And it's crazy because we were so young. Brilliant. But I suppose if you know, you know. Yeah. And some people meet each other later on in their lives. Some people meet early in their lives. And yeah. that's just been the path for you guys. Yeah. But you've been thrown a lot of challenges through the mm-hmm. 16 years of being together. And obviously the past year's biggest challenge you've been. And I, I say you both, because yeah. although you're, you know, going through the cancer experience, it's yeah. obviously affecting you guys as as a family, both you, your husband and your kids. So it has yeah. that knock on effect. But even before then, you, you'd been faced with some ups and downs and challenges in terms of of your house situation. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Um, so, as I said, me and Martin, we were like, since we've known each other, we, work was always very important to us. Like our parents are very hard working and it was always important that we worked and we worked hard. Um, but we rented a few places. And then um, when I was pregnant with Finn, um, we moved, we were living in Limerick City and we moved out because we were in an apartment. And... Then the rent was just about to go up. My granddad moved to South Africa and his house became available for rent. So um, 
he said, you know, he would absolutely adore if we would move in because he knew that we'd look after the house. And so he gave us cheap rent and it all worked out good. I didn't want to move there, but I like that. I was basically kicking and screaming and we eventually moved in and never looked back since. So we moved into the house and everything was fine for a while. We were just paying our rent as normal. And then the house actually got repossessed by the banks while we were still living in it. Um, at this stage, I had Finn and... How old was he at this stage? Finn was one and a half. Okay. And I had just had Luca. Mm. Um, so we were there. We were so... Like, once we did a little bit of work to the house, it just became home straight away. Like, even driving down the road, Martin felt like he was at home. I felt like I was at home. And... Everything was just, it was lovely, but the house got repossessed and while we were in it, they were trying to, like, they, we watched them put up a for sale sign, even though we wanted to buy the house, but we, like, we didn't have a, a deposit together yet because it just happened so quickly. Um, so we were really, really stressed. In the end, I ended up, I think my maternity leave with Luca was maybe seven weeks or seven or eight weeks and then I went back to work. Okay. And I was working full time. So was Martin. And you were working as a chef. Yeah, working as a chef. And for us to, for to work with children and childcare and stuff, we decided that Martin was going to work his normal Monday to Friday. And then I started working Thursday to Sunday. But Friday and Saturday were like 14 hour days. So I'd leave, I'd leave my children on a Thursday evening and say goodnight. And then I wouldn't see them again until... Sunday morning. Yeah, okay. So, and like, our lives were completely parallel for about two years. Um, so the only day we'd have together is Sunday at three o'clock onwards because I was working the weekends, he was working during the week. And like, we got through it, but it was really, really tough. Like, as a relationship, mm. um, as a mother not seeing my children all the time, it was just stressful. And we just had to work as hard as we could, as much as we could just to try and save enough for the deposit to get a mortgage and to buy the house. It sounds like you were just running on adrenaline. Yeah. So just go, 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 go. Go nonstop. I mean, like stress from the moment I woke up until going to sleep. And would you feel that stress? Yeah. Okay. Completely. How did it manifest? Um, how did the stress, how did yeah, it affect like, me? How, yeah, how did, you fe- how did you feel in your body? Was it just a feeling like you were on edge? Yeah, just completely on edge. And I mean, I wasn't um, like compared to now how I look after myself. I Mm. was like when I look back, I just it was all essential at the time. Like I had to do what I had to do and we wouldn't have had the house if we didn't do that. But when I look back now, I just feel like crying for myself because I was just so burnt out. Like the two of us, we were so frail (laughs) just from working so, so hard. Like I'd go maybe two days without eating because... You know, I just I felt like I didn't have time. I was completely just absolutely neglecting myself. Okay. And even, you know, at the weekends, Friday was a long day, Saturday was a long day. And when I came home, I would basically need to go to bed as quick as I could. And I'd have a bottle of Prosecco as quick as I could. And it helped me sleep. Mm. Like, I think all chefs do that anyway. But um, yeah, it just wasn't good. Like there was no care, self-care at all. And seeing the way you live your life now, when I watch your uh, stories yeah. on Instagram, I mean, it's 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 a whole new world. It's yeah. completely different. And I, I think a lot of people listening will, will connect with what you're saying. And perhaps maybe in the past year with COVID, people have 
slowed down or been forced to slow down. But certainly before then, you know, the fast paced life, the having to go, go, go all the time mm. and not giving yourself a second to yeah. actually check in and see, am I am I minding myself? Am I am I taking time out for me? But the fact that you were just at that level of 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 it just sounds like it was so full on, you know, yeah. no, no, like not eating properly not seeing the kids god love you and i and i get it because you were trying to be mm. the best partner and the best mother to your kids you wanted to be able to provide them yeah. with a gorgeous home and yeah. uh, but you know it's it depends on how you get there i suppose and the journey it took to actually achieve your goal yeah like obviously in the end it was all worth it but i mean i have never i was heavily pregnant with phoebe as well when um like this, this was going on for about two. Yeah, we had about two years to save, but like we didn't know we could have been kicked out. We had worked it out. We had, they were going to have to give us 12 weeks notice if we were getting kicked out of the house. And at the time, like it's hard to find somewhere else for rent. We couldn't have bought another property. But um, and while we were living there, like people would come to have a look around the house to buy it. So it was just hardship. Like I remember been heavily pregnant with Phoebe and just getting in the car and saying, I have to leave. I can't like show people around my home. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was on another level, just the stress of just basically they were going to sell the house from underneath us. You know, I can't imagine the stress of that. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to rear your family and keep, you know, keep work going as well. Yeah. What happened? Um, so then uh, we we ended up applying for the mortgage. We had finally got enough money together. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm just like so proud of ourselves. Do you know, it was an absolute... People saved 10 years to get a house. Um, sure. And then we ended up going to auction um, on my birthday. And all of our birthdays are so significant as well. It's actually crazy. But um, and we had one bid against us and we bought the house. Yeah. And it was just the happiest day. Like I was, I had Phoebe, like I still hadn't given birth to Phoebe, but she was with us that day. And um, as soon as the hammer went down, like I just started crying. And I'm pretty sure that everyone thought I was some sort of lunatic crying over this hole of a house. But it was everything to us. And we had finally, after such a long journey, we had, it was ours. Yes. Um, yes, it was, such, it was such a special, special day and my birthday. I got a house for my birthday. How bad? And what, what date was this? <laughs> the 25th of September. OK. Yeah. And then in the November on the 11th of the 11th. Yeah. Your little baby girl was born. Yeah. And that day as well, while I was in labour, like I was, I had my oxygen up and Martin's like, the sales after going through. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So it was just... Wow, on that on the actual yeah, day. like I'm actually getting goosebumps now thinking about it. And eleven, eleven, I just that that's my numbers. I yeah. see them all the time. And Phoebe's birthday, and I think the sale price or something was one one one. It was all just crazy. Really? Yeah, just really, really strange, strange things happening. Um, Have you always found um, you know a significance in numbers? I did for about. While we were going through the stress of the house, I don't know if I was looking for some sort of... I, well, yeah, I was definitely looking for signs. Hmm. Um, so I started seeing it then. But then when I had cancer, then when I found out I had cancer, I was like, there's such a load of crap. <laughs> it didn't mean anything. Um, but now I'm back on the 11-11 bandwagon again. OK, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And oh, I, I can connect to that as well. Yeah. I think when something as big as cancer comes into your life, you... It's not that you become cynical, but... 
it's you know, you don't look through life through the same lens. Definitely not. No. So you have your little baby girl in your arms. Yeah. And you have your house and life is good. Yeah. I mean, I just felt like. I just felt so complete, so happy. And even just the fact of I remember one of my favorite days that I've ever, ever had. This was the first time as well that Martin was actually able to take paternity leave. So um, before that, like I was at home. I had had I had Finn and then I had Luca and I was on my own the next day, do you know, because mm. he couldn't take any time off work. Um, but I just remember being up in bed with Phoebe and I was just thinking I'm in my home um, with my girl and my husband just bought me up tea and toast. And I was just sitting there and I still remember the day and I was like, this is the life I have made it. Like, I just felt so happy, so content. And I just had everything that I wanted. Mm. Just really, really happy. Yeah. But then fast forward a few short months. Yeah, three months. Yeah, things changed. Yeah. So um, Phoebe's christening was the first the first time that you had a seizure and you weren't even aware of it. And that was the 4th of January. Yeah. So what happened? So we normally our babies like we are in no rush for anything. And Mm. we christened the other two when they were nearly one. Um, but because loads of my family were home for Christmas, I just decided and my, I had my own christening gown and I wanted Phoebe to wear it. Um, so I decided that we'll just do it when everyone's home and it'll be a lovely big family affair. Um, so we decided to have the christening on the 4th and me and my mom are both chefs. So we prepared all the food. We always just go over the top. It's a joke. We're wrecked. Like we go to the church with wet hair because we've been getting all the food ready. Yeah. Okay. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I zep- the spread was probably epic. Yeah. But we yeah. looked rubbish. But anyway. <laughs> I, that's, I'd, I'd say that was an impossibility looking at you. Um, but yeah, so I was just exhausted. I remember drinking a can of Red Bull on the way to the church. And I was feeling a bit a bit of stress. I had some other um, family issues, say, around Christmas as well. So I did have a bit of extra stress on my plate. But um, I'd, like, I wasn't prepared for that at all. So I went to bed that night. We had a lovely day. Um, and I went to bed that night. And Martin woke me up in the middle of the night. And he's... I, don't, I actually don't know what he said in the middle of the night. But then the next morning... Um, he woke me up and he said, Alana, are you OK? And I just I thought he was joking. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's wrong? And he said, you were having you were shaking in your sleep last night. I had to wake you up um, and there was blood everywhere and you were biting down on your lip. And I just thought he was joking. And then he just said, look at your pillow. And I just I put my hand up to my lips and my lips were massive. There was blood on, on my pillow. Obviously, like we were after having a few drinks, like if we probably if we hadn't, he like he even said he put me on my side because he could hear me gurgling on my blood. Right. Um, God, OK. And he put me on my side and he knew that I was safe. Um, but like, you know, if we weren't after having a few drinks, he probably would have freaked out a bit more, maybe rang an ambulance. But he told me the next day and um, because it was around Christmas time, I think that was actually a Sunday. I'm not sure now. But there was the doctors were closed. So I waited a few days and like I am fairly calm anyway. Mm -hmm. And we waited a few days and I rang the doctor and got an appointment. And I just said that like I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know what she could do to tell me what happened. So you waited a few days after it happened before you contacted the doctor. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, that is that is probably um, a reflection of how laid back you are, which is yeah. a great quality in many respects. Yeah. But, but not. But in a situation like yeah. this. Yeah. But look. Yeah. So y- you took a few days and then you, you made that call. And, yeah. And w- what did they say? My doctor, she is she's just amazing. Like, she's a fantastic lady. Um, she has known me since I was a child. So she knows yeah. my medical history. She knows my parents, everything. And she just she said, Lana, maybe you were just a bit stressed. And right. that's like it could have been a fit because um, there is a big difference between a seizure and a fit. I don't know what it is, but there is a difference. Um, so she put it down to that. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I just said that I wanted to get my bloods done and just check me in every way possible just mm-hmm. to in case just for peace of mind. basically. Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so we done that and then nothing came back. Everything was OK. Right. Um, so normal. Yeah, okay. absolutely fine. Yeah. And I think like it was around Christmas time and maybe two weeks after that, I was going out with my friends from work. And like, I am normally a party animal. Like, I love having fun. Like, I'm like, I'm the first one to say yes. Like, if we're going to have, if there's fun to be had, I'll have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that night that we went out, I drove into town and I said, lads, I'm not drinking. Like, it's, that was so unlike me. But I just, I knew that there was something wrong. And when, when was this now? This was, <clears throat> I say, it was probably the end of January. Okay. Um, I didn't know what was wrong, but it really like it did. I am a calm person, but it shook me up because I was like, I I just want to look after myself. Like I was so afraid if I drank again, it would happen again. Right. Okay. And I just didn't know what the cause was. And were you worried that was the reason it happened? As in like, because we look, a lot of people listening and myself, I I enjoy a drink now and again. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm not a raving alcoholic if I sound like one. No, you either. don't. No, you yeah, don't. Just a sl- normal. Yeah, exactly. Socialized. Exactly. So you were having a few drinks. But yeah. nonetheless, were you worried that maybe I won't do that in case that is the reason why I had I had, uh, you know, a fit or a seizure or whatever it was. Was yeah. that what was going through your mind? Yeah, definitely. OK. Um, as well, I hadn't uh, like with work and everything because I was working such long hours and everything. I always... I always drank a lot of Red Bull, um, lots and lots of coffee. And as, at that stage as well, I had stopped drinking Red Bull. I had stopped drinking as much coffee because I was just like, right, I need to just slow down a little bit and just just stop. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. to see, just to kind of check in with myself. I don't know what I was doing, but mm. I knew, I think I knew deep down there was something wrong. Okay. What was it before then? What was an average day like for you? So because when you said things like, you know, when you were really busy, mm-hmm. you may go like a, a few <clears> days <throat> without actually eating a decent meal. Yeah. And then you were loading up on like caffeine drinks and that kind of stuff. So yeah, was what would have been a typical day? Well, say if when you were really busy. When I, on a really busy day. Um, OK, so like Friday, a Friday, I would wake up and I had a half an hour drive. Like it's only it's only half an hour, but it was stressful. So I had two two small children. Um, had to get them up early. And like if I you know if I hit traffic on the road, I was going to be. I'd know I'd be late half an hour before I got there. Yeah. So it was just up and stress straight away. Um, then I'd have to drop one off at one childminders, another off at preschool, and then I'd get into work like flying in the road in the car. Um, as soon as I dropped them off, I'd 
probably have a can of Red Bull, like slam it down before I got to work. Okay. And then nine o'clock, make my list. And every single day I was like, will I actually manage to get it done? Like, I mean, it was just completely insane, just the workload. Um, but I like I always got it done. Um, throughout the day, I would have coffees and I could possibly like I could possibly have a toasted sandwich, if anything, like right. from I started work at nine and then I'd finish probably 10 and then have to drive home again. And like sometimes I just go out and sit in my car for half an hour just thinking like, Jesus, I'm so happy I'm finished. But then get in the car. And then by the time I went home, more often than not, Martin would be in bed, like all the kids in bed. And it was just like even thinking about it now, I just feel so sad that, as I said, I had to do it. Yeah. And I'm so happy I did do it because yeah. I got the result that I wanted. Mm-hmm. But I just feel so sad for myself that I did that to myself. Do you know? But it had to be done. But yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And beating yourself up over it is, yeah, as you know, it's, just it's, wasted. it's wasted and pointless. And, yeah. and your intention, which is always, I think, the most important thing was so yeah. pure and so good. You want to provide, you know, a really good life for you, for, for your family. Yeah. Um. And the irony is, like, you being a chef, you were minding everyone else and serving up yeah. gorgeous plates of food for people <laughs> to eat. And yet you were barely getting by on a toasty yeah. for the day, like. But I didn't even, like, just looking at it, you know, I just, yeah. I wouldn't have even been able to eat because, okay. you know, just so much coffee, everything. Mm. I think that's just typical chef yeah. or you got to go the other way. So there we are. It's the end of January and... You have decided I'm just I'm just going to chill out in the booze for the moment until yeah. I know kind of what's going on. Where were you then? I um, I was I was actually I was still on maternity leave. Yeah. Um, I had Martin at home for the first two weeks and it was such a luxury because I am like I've always been. I'm such an independent woman, mm. you know, um, and even to that, it was it was a luxury having him at home because I didn't have to do every single thing myself mm-hmm. and I just wasn't used to it. Um, but yeah, I was just enjoying my life. Um, we had lived in the house for five, maybe at that stage, four years um, before we bought it. And um, so like just making plans just to finally put our own stamp on our house like that was I was thinking about that and I was just enjoying every single second with my babies. Because um, it felt official. You yeah. could finally then and just relax. do the things yeah, and relax yeah, yeah. and enjoy it. Yeah. Just everything, it, it's just like the moment that that house became ours, that was, we were, I mean, on cloud nine. Yeah. Like nothing could have knocked us off. Our life was fine. Everything was in place. We were where we wanted to be. And yeah, we were just in heaven. Mm. Like every single day was a good day. Mm. And that sounds ridiculous, just been at home. No, it doesn't. But it I was doesn't. really appreciating everything. No. It does, but yeah. it doesn't surprise me about you. And I, 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 I've, as I said, I've, I've seen you, watch you, followed you yeah. and how you speak. And even despite everything, you've been thrown this unbelievable curveball. Your attitude has always been phenomenally optimistic. Like I have, yeah. I've met a lot of um, optimistic people in my life, but I, I, I think you're in another league altogether. I don't know. Do you know what? Sometimes I actually I was I was very upset now kind of last week. Um, but sometimes I think I'm like, do I actually realize what's going on mm. or am I still in shock? But like I do, I have my down days, but as well, I just I really, really think, you know, with all of this, it was a different story at the start, obviously. But now 
my whole outlook is like I can't I can't sit down if I think about it I'm gonna get really upset yeah um but every day I wake up and for example touch wood everywhere um if I was to die next year I would be so annoyed if I spent the last year crying about Mm. it Mm. that's so that's why I think I made that decision really early that I'm just going to enjoy every single day because I would hate to be on my deathbed touch wood it won't be for a very very long time Mm. but I'd hate to be on my deathbed going oh, I wish I enjoyed do you know the days that I had because now this is awful or even if I somehow um, become I don't know less able or something like I'm mm. not I don't know what could happen like my speech could go or I don't know what could happen mm. but I just really while I can I want to enjoy every single day do you know it's just so important yeah so February last year this time last year it was approaching Valentine's Day yeah. and um, you decided to spend time with friends of yours. Yeah. So my best friend, um, she, we both decided and like we only had arranged this the week before. Um, like we said, realistically, we're not going to be able to get out for Valentine's night. And our my husband and her partner were working together the day after Valentine's Day. So we decided that it would be lovely if we just all celebrated as a family, that I would go down, Martin would go there after work and that I'd go down with the kids and we'd get a takeaway or something. But just just enjoy it as a family. Yeah. Rather than be on our own. Yeah. Lovely. So you're there and you're having a nice time. Having a lovely time. We had chocolate lollipops. Phoebe was just three months old at the time. Um, And she was wearing her little baby grow love hearts on it like it was just a really and I was like we need to do this all the time this was lovely Mm. um and then uh the lads came home from work and yeah we were just eating and had a lovely evening Mm. um then the next day the um the plan actually sorry that day I had loaded up the car like I felt fine I loaded up the car from my house and had all the kids in the car and I was just getting stressed again because like there's so much equipment with a newborn. So I had to like, you know, put in the dogs, get the travel cost, get all the bags, get this, everything, like bottles, sterilizer, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Finn and Luke are still so young at the stage yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so I was just a bit stressed. And then I had drove out of the yard and I was like, oh, I forgot about the dogs. So I went back and um, I put the dogs in and then... I think something fell fell out of the boot. I had had op- I had opened the boot and something fell out, and I went down to pick it up, and my back just went. Okay. And I I still don't know if this. I don't think it was related, um, but my back was so bad. I was I was just thinking, oh, I actually can't go down here now this evening. And in the meantime, anyway, my friend rang me and she said, "Where are you?" And I said, "I'm just leaving now. My back is so sore." And whatever. did you did you suffer from back pain before? I actually like this is another like drama. Um, I, I was I was actually in a car crash when I was eighteen and I had broke my back. Oh my goodness! Right. Yeah. Okay. You you've been you've been faced with a lot. Yeah, I think that's why I'm just so calm. Like nothing can phase me. Right. Okay. So it's all good. Okay. 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 Hmm. Right. So your friend rings. So she rings and then I I was like, okay, yeah, I'll see you in an hour. I'll be there in an hour. Because I just, I was after spending so much time packing up the car um, and everything. And I just didn't want to let her down. Um, 
and just thank God that I did decide to go down. So we went, we went down and we, yeah, we just had a lovely evening. What happened the next day? Then the next day, um, like oh, the next day I was after sleeping upstairs with Phoebe and Martin and then I woke up and I was lying in bed for a few minutes because I was just thinking, I was like, how is my back? Because I couldn't, I could barely walk that evening. Okay. And um, so I was just lying there kind of thinking, oh, how is this now? And I could hear all the lads upstairs. She had two children as well. Um, and I could just hear everyone having fun downstairs. And I was like, right, I better get up and go down and see them all. So I picked Phoebe up at this stage. She was three months old. And just absolutely tiny. Yeah. And I picked her up and walked. I walked down the stairs and I was like, I was struggling because my back was so bad. And, and, and had you decided to call a doctor or get any advice on what to do? I mean, if, it sounds like the pain was uh, It was horrific. Ba- yeah, it was really, really bad. But you see, that's that's just me. And you just get on with it. Yeah. RLB Grant. It's like an Irish mammy. Like, yeah, battle on through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I, I knew that I was going to have to go see someone, that there was something wrong. Mm. Um, but I just went down um, and I walked into the sitting room. So I was after walking down a really, really steep stairs. And with you're holding Phoebe. Phoebe, yeah. Yeah. And I just walked to the sitting room doors and like I can just remember every single second. I had her in my arms and next minute my whole body just tensed up. And I just felt like I was a statue. Like I just felt rock solid. Um I was looking at my friend and I was trying my best to say help. And like my whole, my tongue was getting pulled to the back of my throat. And I was just trying my best just to stretch out my arms to get Phoebe onto the couch. And like all of her children were in the room and my friend was there as well. And um, she just like, I can, I can just still see her face in my mind now thinking about it. And like, thank God she was calm. She just came running over and actually, like, I must have just went down on the ground and she put out her arm, caught Phoebe by the baby grow. Otherwise, I would have fell on top of her. And I I was just lying on the ground um, and I had a massive seizure. Like, I was... I, the seizure was probably... I can't, There's lots of things that I can't remember, but I'm going to say it was half an hour on and off. Um, but, like, I was frothing at the mouth... Um, all of our children were there. Like the oldest was seven, the youngest was Phoebe, um, five children. Um, and then in the meantime, my friend had rang the ambulance, so they were on the phone directing her what to do before the ambulance came. She was on the phone to medics or whoever answers the phone. That's so scary. Yeah. God love you. And But so lucky that I was in her company. Yeah. Because I would have, like on a normal day... Um, or if I hadn't have went, I would have been at home completely kids. on my own. And like, you know, Martin's so busy, so my phone probably wouldn't have rang until that evening. So like, even when I think about that, it just makes me feel sick. That makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like the fact that you decided to go to your friends and even though your back went yeah. at the car and you were in that type of pain, mm-hmm. you know, she rings you. You get there, you get to the house, because as you said, if you had just gone, you know what, I can't go anywhere. My yeah. back's too sore. And I was so close. You don't to even want to that. think. Yeah, okay. Do you know. And how how like so the the ambulance came and 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 I suppose you don't want you don't obviously want to think of the alternative. Yeah. If you had been on your own, what that would have meant. Yeah. But your memory of it is it is it is it clear or not clear? Well, basically, I know that 
she I was in the house I was completely unconscious and um, okay so she the ambulance arrived and then they were I think they just kind of let me do my thing for a while on the floor okay yeah 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 right <laughs> um and then she rang her partner and my husband and then they came and then basically they bundled me up into the ambulance and then I came round in the ambulance but I had no recollection I, I had remembered everything that I described like feeling like I was going to fall it was like a magnet pulling me to the floor and I just couldn't fight it um and yeah so I came round in the ambulance and the the medic just said what's your name and I knew my name was Alana but I didn't know what age I was and I didn't know what day it was. And then he said, do you have children? And then I just, it just hit me. And I just started like screaming and bawling, crying because I was like, I have children, but where are my children? And I didn't know what their names were. And I didn't know if they were boys or girls. Um, I didn't know what age they were. I knew nothing about them. And I was just screaming because I knew I had children, but I didn't know where they were. It was so, so frightening. I can't imagine how frightening yeah. that must have been for you. And I didn't, um, like, I, I didn't really know what was after. Like, he told me, oh, you're after having a seizure. Um, but, like, I, I didn't even really know. Like, I knew what a seizure was, but yeah. I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Yeah. I don't think you know until, well, you need to know. Yeah. Something like that. And when did, when did, when did you start to, to remember that um, your kids were Finn, Luke and Phoebe. When did that start to come back? I don't, I'd say it was probably like five or six hours later. Okay. Um, they brought me to the hospital and I got admitted. And it's really, really strange. I, like, I, things are kind of blurry. Mm. But um, I got admitted to hospital and I was there and then Martin was there. And I, I don't even remember coming around, like, in the bed or anything. Um, but then... As soon as I saw Martin, I was like, please just tell me every single thing that happened. And I rang my friend because I just wanted to know everything. And I needed to know that the lads were safe. And like, obviously, with, with my friend, she's one of my best friends. We've been friends forever. And I tr- I literally trust her at my life. Yeah, of course. And I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, poor girl's been tested. Um, hmm. But yeah, it was like that evening, probably that that night. And it just hit me. And I, I did. I felt a bit sad. Um, but I never, I never thought for a second that this is a sign of a brain tumour or that it was even a sign that there was something wrong with my brain. Yeah, okay. I was fully thinking, okay, I might have epilepsy or something. Um, but I didn't have a clue. Yeah, okay. Like, not a clue what yeah. was after happening. And, and I suppose, why would you? Yeah. You know, we don't want to think about these things and, and also, why why would we think about these things? You yeah. Know? Um, so you're in hospital for... They keep you in, obviously. Yeah. You're in for a good few days. And then they um, talk to you about your options and discuss an operation. I was in that hospital for about a week. And even talking to my mother about it, I don't think they they didn't really know what was wrong. And I didn't know what was wrong. And I was saying as well, I was just taking, I was taking, I think I was taking anti-seizure tablets because that's what had happened. And then at the time, my back was still really sore, so they were giving me pain relief. But I was there for about a week, and then I was taken by ambulance down to, not because there was something wrong, but just sure, for travel. Sure, you there. Um, I went down to Cork, and um, a doctor, a, a surgeon, uh, discussed my scan, 
and said that there was a large mass on my brain. And yeah, I had two options. Option one was to just leave it and stay taking anti-seizure medication and see what happens. Or else I could have an operation and then they would um, take a debulk as much as possible and send it off to be... What's that word? Yeah, biopsied. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the plan. And I am... I like if there's a problem, I'm just there to solve it. Like sure. I would never have just left it. Mm. And I wanted to know as well what was what it was. Um, so we spoke about it and like I didn't even know it could be cancer. I had no idea. Mm. And I just said um, he had mentioned the word cancer. And then like I thought tumor as well. I was like, oh, God, that could be cancer. Um, but he said there is there's probably a three percent chance that it's cancer because you're apparently when it's a scan with Without cancer, it's very clean cut around the outside um, if it isn't cancer. And then if it is cancer, it's more kind of clawed or something. The edges aren't straight. Um, so he said there's a good chance that it isn't cancer. So I suppose you were getting you were getting um, bad news, but also in a way kind of good news in yeah. that at the time, 3 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Even if your wiring was to be a little on the negative, you, you couldn't help but feel optimistic with those yeah, odds. Definitely. I really like I I was me and mum like we were having like we always just have the laugh at the most inappropriate times. Like mm. we had the best time in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then on the way back, they were like, Jesus, like she's after getting bad news now. And I was it really, really hit me. I was like, OK, this isn't funny. Mm. Like this is this is something that's serious. Yeah, once he said tumour, it did, it did scare me and stuff. Um, but as well, what really just sounded alarming to me, like I knew if this, like I know so much more than I knew, knew then, obviously. Um, but um, the fact that he said, I think it was either a week or it could have been eight days because like, right, I'll see you here next Wednesday or whatever day it was. Mm. And I was like, Jesus, like this like as soon as he said that as well, alarm bells started ringing because I was like, I'm having brain surgery next week. And so at that stage, like I went home and I was, I think I was, I was still myself, but I was a lot more quieter. Like it had shaken me up. Mm. And um, I, I was thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to have, like I'm going to lose a lot of my hair. And I wasn't even thinking radiation or anything like that. Um, I was just thinking they're going to operate. So they're, and, he had made it quite clear. He's like, look, we're not going to be, um, do you know, oh, we'll leave her this bit of hair to make sure she looks nice. He said, I'm going to be scalping, like taking off your hair because we need to get in there. Um, so I, like, I was actually really, really prepared. Um, but yeah, I was just so nervous. I remember, so it was probably about a week in between and the night before surgery, um, I went down and I was staying at my mother-in-law's house because she was going to mind the children the day after um, while I went for surgery and Martin was going to come with me. Um, and I just remember that night, like I have photos of, on my phone and it just gives me the creeps looking at them because I was there and I remember I had my hair down, like my hair has always been really, really long. Yeah. And I wouldn't even have thought like, oh, you know, I'm so girly or anything like that. But it's not about being girly. It's just you're stripped mm. and it's not your choice, do you know? Um so I was thinking, I was just looking at my hair and I was like, I'm going to actually have no hair now. And even I knew that they were shaving half of it, 
but um I had prepared myself I was like like I am all or nothing in every single thing that I do mm. and I said like I'm not going to go around with half a head of hair so I will shave it all off um so yeah I was just trying to prepare myself for the week and when you look back at the photos what did you feel it just it just upsets me because what really upsets me the most is and even now like I just feel I think as the time has gone by, like last year, I was busy with, well, been a mom. Sure. I had radiation, like 30, I had radiation for 30 days, chemo for six months. So last year was jam packed. But I think now, even this year, when I look back on photos, um, I just feel really sad because like my children, I had a four year old, a two year old and a newborn. And I'm like, I shouldn't have had to worry about going uh, like having an away craniotomy I shouldn't even know what it is yeah and I just I just feel sad that while on maternity leave um that happened like you know just looking at the size of them just makes me realize like this was a really huge thing yeah of course and that's what gets to me just seeing how young they were yeah Do you know yeah yeah so the operation itself was long it was five hours yeah and you were actually awake for a chunk of time as well you had to be yeah um, for the operation, I like I'm not squeamish or anything like that. I was actually genuinely interested in what was going to happen. Um, and I hadn't like they said, look, here are the side effects. Your speech could be affected. Um, you could like this is like worst case scenario. You could end up losing movement in the left hand side of your body because my tumor is on the right. Um, but all of those things, I was like, I'll be grand. It'll be fine. Um, and clearly thankfully yeah that didn't happen yeah. yeah no I was I was very very lucky because obviously like something bad could have happened of course, to me of course. um but I had the operation and they were just the loveliest like I remember the anesthetist I can't yeah. say that word yeah. ever I don't even know why I attempted <laughs> it you know what I'm saying I do Dory we <laughs> all do he was so nice I just remember while I, I was awake for probably it could have been half an hour it could have been an hour and the whole time I had to I had a squeezy toy in my left hand and I kept having to squeeze it even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just to make sure that I had the movement. Um, but he was just rubbing my arm. And I, I keep thinking, did he know that it was cancer? Because he just, he seemed nearly too, like he was just so, so lovely. And I was just thinking, I had said to them, I was like, oh, can I see what, what you're doing there? Because <laughs> like, I wanted yeah, them to get yeah, a mirror yeah. or something. But um, yeah, he was just kept rubbing and my arm. did you arm. see? No, I didn't. No. I wanted to actually see what they were after taking out, but I didn't. Yeah. They're talking you through it. So this is bizarre. So yeah. you don't feel any pain, but no. you're you're lucid. You're aware. You're awake. Yeah. And you're you're squeezing this this squeezy toy. Yeah, that I still have. Okay, do you? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely mental. Like I, I remember I was kind of half, I was totally listening to what they said, but mm. now I was very, like, obviously I was completely out of it. Mm. I didn't even, I didn't feel, do you know the way sometimes you might feel sensations? They say if you get a, a C-section or whatever, but I couldn't feel a single thing. Mm-hmm. And I've looked it up afterwards. Basically my head was in like a steel brace. Okay. Um, so like, and out like sticking into my head. Um, so there was no way, even if I did wake up or something went really, really wrong, that I was able to move. Okay. So I just stay still. Um, and I just remember, obviously, I was squeezing the toy. Um, but then as well, I kept on falling back into a deep sleep and I'd start snoring and like actually go, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> um, but then they were talking about, um, I just remember they were talking about stem cell treatment and stuff. And then I, I was just chatting away to them about stem cell uh, I don't know what we were talking about, but whatever. It was just so surreal. Yes, yes, I was yes. just sit lying there chatting away while they were doing their job. Yeah, and it is. It's it's yeah. it's so bizarre. Yeah, but the operation was a success. Yeah, you came to, um, and then am I right in thinking a few weeks later you got a call? Yeah, so I was I was very lucky. I mean, recovery time and everything. I think I got out of hospital maybe three days after the surgery. It's very quick considering huge operation very quick. like that. Yeah, and um, like I was okay. Um, like physically, I was actually fine. Um, obviously, like I didn't have as much energy as I would have, and little things started to really freak me out at home. Like I remember one day, um, I just said I'd go up and make the change the boys' bed covers, mm. and they have two single beds, bunk beds. And I was up there for three hours trying to put one. And I said, like, I'm really, really independent. Yes. Like to a fault. And I was just struggling. I was, I was just like, how do you do this? Like something that I would have done in five minutes. Yeah. And I didn't even ask for help. I was like, no, 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 I'll get there. I'll be fine. But three hours had passed. And, and you even, wouldn't ask for help? No. Okay. Like in the end, I said to Martin, I was like, you're going to have to do that. I can't do it. Like I barely got a sheet on. And um, so just things, th- I was getting really frustrated. Yeah, of course. Like I've tried to send an email one day and it took like half an hour. Do you know, just these little things that, but obviously like I'm back to normal now. Sure. So initially, what did they kind of prepare you for a delayed reaction with things or maybe that there would be some damage until time passed and you kind of regained all of, you know. Yeah. All, all the functions of the brain, I suppose, and what you had before. Yeah. Did they prepare you for that? Yeah, but they they obviously gave me the worst possible things that could happen. Yeah. So I wasn't so I wasn't ready head. for little things like oh, that. Sure, I get you. You know, yeah. so I was a little bit freaked out. Um, but basically, I got out of hospital on whatever day it was, and then I think two days later, the whole country went into lockdown. Um, so like I had I had been told norm on on a normal basis. 
um, when they send it off, it's back within a few days, the results. Um, but because lockdown was just after happening, like nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Like what was happening. Um, I thought it'd be about a week and then I rang the hospital, like doctors weren't in there, certain nurses weren't in there. I was basically ringing a phone that wasn't been answered. Um, like some, I'd just get through to a, an answering machine or a receptionist and I probably, I left it, I left it a week and then rang them and then, um, I, di- I didn't hear any news and then I rang them again a week later and then I was kind of like two weeks had passed and I was like oh Jesus like I'm ha- basically hanging around waiting to see if I have cancer and I just started getting really really just like just full of frustration mm. and worry and that's not like me mm. and I, I kind of at that stage I didn't think um, I didn't think oh, I definitely have cancer but I was thinking I was thinking I was just feeling like I did have it yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was waiting for the phone call. Like I had my phone in my hand every single second of the day. And um, then I saw a cork number come up and I just ran upstairs. And even just before I answered it, I was like, oh, shit. I like I, I just knew. Did you? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I did because I am a really, really like optimistic, like a ridiculously optimistic person. Mm. Um. Yeah, and then I just, I ran up to my bedroom and like my children were in the house, Martin was at home because at that stage as well, like obviously I needed full-time care. Like yeah. I'm not going to the toilet or anything, I was able. <laughs> but no, someone, but I, I couldn't be left alone course, at any stage of, course, of the day. Yeah. So like my independence as well, completely gone. Yeah. Um, Which it's so hard for somebody like you as well, who's so used so to being hard. so independent. Yeah. yeah, like I even, I had to go to the toilet with the door open. I'd go upstairs so no one could see me. But I couldn't, you know, I couldn't lock doors. Yeah. If I was having a shower, like at the start, because we, did, we didn't know what could happen. And like at that stage as well, I was having having seizures. Um, We didn't know when I was going to have one. And Did you have many? I, yeah, I had a few, but like I had never, I suppose, I think a week after my operation, I had one at home and we were just so freaked out because the last time it happened, yeah, it yeah. was the, the day. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking like, God, I'm going to go unconscious and, you know, the worst, the worst situation possible. So I had one one day and like now, if it happened to me today, I wouldn't ring an, an ambulance, but I had one one day and we rang the ambulance and of course, like Finn and Luca are there. They're seeing an ambulance coming for their mommy again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just said, oh, because this virus, um, the doctors are closed. So we're going to ring an ambulance just to come and check okay. me out. Yeah. But they had to come into the house, like head to toe in white suits, like just it's so foreign, just so strange. Um, yeah. I've kind of gone off in one there. No, you're not. No, you're not. So you're at home and you get the call and you go upstairs. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so I went upstairs. Martin, I'm sure he had heard me legging it up the stairs. And I was just on the phone and the doctor, um, he basically said, so Alana, um, he said, so yeah, we sent, we sent it off for a biopsy. And um, you have a high grade tumour. And like I didn't, I got, I had my notebook beside me because at this stage as well, my head, like I still, I still prefer having a pen and paper with me at all times because it's just less stress. I'm not going to forget something, mm-hmm. do you know, if I write down stuff. Yeah. And I've always journaled and stuff anyway. Yeah. But um, so I just, he, he just said to me, yeah, it's a high grade tumour. 
and I was just word for word he was saying like I still have my diary at home because it was just last year and I have a whole page of just writing like I was writing out every single thing that he said um like I didn't know I had to ask him I said does that mean I have cancer and he said yeah you have cancer and like I asked him that and I was just like okay and I like I wasn't able to breathe I felt like I was being murdered while I was awake do you know I felt like someone was I can't I don't even have words for it now like I can't I still can't even describe it mm-hmm. um but then in the meantime Martin came in the door saw me lying on the ground like just shaking um on the phone trying to write down as much as possible like while I was on the phone I was like okay and what does that mean so I just knew I had a high grade tumor and then he said um I just said does this mean like I'm gonna die like is my life expectancy affected? And he said, oh, it's greatly affected. And like, I wasn't able to ask. It's, it wasn't his fault. He, if I had 50 billion questions to ask him, he would have answered them. Mm. But I had wrote down things like, um, when can I wash my hair? When can I go on holidays? When can I drive again? Yeah. Like all these irrelevant things. Like I was actually just crossing out every single question because I was like, that is all crap. None of it matters now. Um, so over the phone then I was completely silent there's only two questions I asked and I said okay so what am I going to do now and um, he said well you're going to have radiation and I was like like what radiation I didn't I didn't know what radiation was and chemo I presumed chemo I'd be getting a drip so I'd be away from my children every day for like seven or eight hours for six months everything was just absolutely horrific and it got to a stage then he said um Okay, have you got any more questions? And like Martin was there crying. The two of us were just crying. And I just said, No, bye. And like I couldn't I couldn't even say goodbye to him. Sure. And I just hung up the phone. And so for three weeks then, um, like I only knew what he was after saying, high grade tumour and cancer. So all I had was Google, um, nobody's fault, just down to COVID basically. Um he didn't put you in touch with anyone to talk to? No, I think at the time he told me who my nurse would be right. as far as treatment goes. But I just had Google. So I was looking up um, the thing that I have. It's called glioblastoma multiform mm. and it's a grade four um, brain tumor. It's a very aggressive type of cancer. But when I was looking it up, you know, Google, mm. um, but Google said I'd be dead in 12 to 18 months. And like Phoebe was three months old. Jesus. And, and the fact that because of COVID, you weren't, they weren't you maybe booking you in for for sessions with, with actual medical experts who could talk you through it. Yeah. You're getting your information online, yeah. which at the best of times, even if you put in a sore thumb, yeah. it can sometimes lead to a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. scary. Um, you were already been get delivered this really horrific news. But then probably making it worse and by no fault of your own. I think everyone, including myself, would probably do the same thing. And I did. I yeah. did Google my own cancer yeah. when and I got you diagnosed. Were dead. Of course, of course. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you're reading this, but then you don't have any. It's a bit of a vacuum. And I suppose people listening as well, unfortunately, there will be plenty of people who have been diagnosed with cancer in the past 12 months yeah. um, or maybe they've just found out or wherever they are in their own situation. And mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear about, you know, going in to see your doctor at the moment. You know, we're all being told to stay at home, but there have, has to be calculated risks as well yeah. in terms of, 
you know, going to see your doctor, getting the help you need and mm-hmm. moving ahead because it, it's it's so important. Yeah. But unfortunately, this was right at the beginning of the first lockdown. There was a huge amount of fear. And just the unknown. The unknown. And you weren't yeah. given, you really weren't given much information. And this is no. not about blame game or anything. No, but it's just a, it's just a fact. You yeah. weren't. Yeah. So God love you. So you're at home and you're Googling and you're, 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 how, how are you remaining calm? I wasn't. You weren't. Like, the girl that you see now, like I'm a year into it. Mm-hmm. But when I just found out, like I, I couldn't like all day, every day, I was just crying my eyes out. Like I couldn't do anything mm-hmm. without crying. Um, and obviously, like I'm trying to hide it from my children. Yeah. Um, but even little things like just I remember one night we were sitting down watching a movie and I just had to get up. I was trying to avoid my children because when I saw them, like I just feel like I'm crying now even thinking about it. when I saw them. It just hurt me. Like, I felt like someone, yeah, I've just been murdered. Like, I can't, like, even thinking about it now. Um, but just, you know, holding their little hands. We were watching a movie one night and I just had to get up and just leave them. Because I wasn't able. And it was yeah. like, do you know, normally if you cry, you get it out and whatever. Um, but this was just endless. Like, and even now, like, even today, like, I'm obviously, I'm much better at dealing with it. Um, because... I've basically trained myself to do it, but most problems go away or else you can find a solution. But like this is never going to go away. And that at the start of it, like I've had all sorts of stuff thrown at me through life and I've always like found a solution, worked through it, whatever. But at the start of all this, like I'd wake up at night time and I was like, I like there is no solution to this. Like why? When will I ever stop crying? Because this will never get better until I'm, I'm dead from it. Do you know, like there was no bottom to it. Like I was going to, when I die, that will be the bottom of it. And yeah, there was just no oh, light I'm, at the end of the tunnel. Do you know? I'm so, I, I actually am lost for words because when yeah. you say that. It is shocking. Like It's even, shocking. Yeah. It really, really is. But the, 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 there's so many things I want to ask you and get into mm-hmm. still at this point of the conversation. I know we've yeah. been talking for such a long time. Mm-hmm. But. So you, you've had the operation. You've been told it's cancer. You've been told it's terminal cancer. Yeah. Then you have your treatment. You have radiation first, is it? And then you have your chemo. Yeah. OK. And normally they'd be done side by side but right. because of COVID. COVID. And even at the time, I was like, oh, my God, am I going to die because my treatment's delayed? Yeah. Um, they just thought it was too risky to combine the two. And they pushed chemo out a little bit further because they were just so worried. They thought right. it was the safest thing to do. And it was the safest thing to do. Mm. Um, and then when are you actually told about percentages are you know, what what your chances are in terms of of your quality of life or how long yeah. your life will be. And none of us have a crystal ball, so none of us know, unfortunately. Yeah. None of us know yeah. when it is that we're going to take our last breath. But mm-hmm. when you're faced with a diagnosis like yours, it brings it into sharp focus. Yeah. So what were you told? Because I only had Google. Yeah. I had the worst case scenario in my head and I was like this is what's happening this is how long I have left um, so this this was a good thing so that's what I thought a year to a year and a half like I had I was thinking about writing letters 
I'm going to see a solicitor. Do you know, I, I would have, was thinking about all these things. Um, but then anyway, on the first day I went into the cancer centre, um, like still couldn't even believe um, that I was there. Mm. And like, I just felt, do you know the way everyone's always like, oh, I'm so old. I just felt like I was a teenager going in here. Yeah, I just felt so young. Yeah, but you were like, you're only, you're 33 now. So you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was only last year. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it is so young. I was 32 when I was diagnosed yeah. as well. You don't, yeah. that's not. The first, same age. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the last thing you expect. It's the last thing you expect. It really is. Um, but I went into the cancer centre and I met with um, the doctor who was going to give me my radiation plan. Mm. And he said to me, he said, well, look, you need to think you've got good things on your side. You're young. Mm-hmm. Um, you're after having your operation. You've had no like, obviously, I had my moments, you know, um, my brain was in recovery. Sure. But he said, you're doing really, really well. Your speech isn't affected. You have you're, you just show good signs right now. And he said, um, we'll, we'll basically give people a 50 percent chance of living longer than two years. So when I heard that, I was like, oh. Okay, that's not so bad. <laughs> well, as in compared to what I was used to thinking. Okay, I so getcha. I just felt like um, a little bit of weight had been taken okay. off my shoulders. Okay, yeah. Like as bad as it sounds, but I was like, okay, that's. But you were seeing the right. light. You were seeing the light. A little bit of light. Yeah. A glimmer. Right. Um. So after speaking to him, that that was a good thing, and then my plan was. Well, where is it to anybody else hearing that? It's, yeah. it's, you know, but anyway, I, I, I get it because you, you, you've gone from horror, horror, horror online yeah. to, OK, percentages wise. seen my daughter walk. Yeah, okay. Do you know, like that's that's the reality of it. OK. And like, obviously, I'm a lot more positive now because like every day I know more and I'm getting further into it. Um, but so then I had 30 sessions of radiotherapy and while Oh, this was actually so sad, <laughs> right? So I had shaved my head um, after the operation. I complete. I came home and I actually decided that the boys would shave it. Okay. I come home and say, look at my silly hair. Will you please help me? Because I look ridiculous. So they shaved it off. Obviously, Martin went and cleaned it up afterwards. So I didn't even cry because I was just sitting there. Do you know what I mean? Like I had to keep it together for them. And you made it a kind of a, a play. Kind yeah. Of a bit of, just oh, so wow. they wouldn't get freaked out because it was such a change. Yeah. Um, and then my hair started coming back. And then for radiotherapy, um, after about two weeks of it, I had a receding hairline, like actually horrific, <laughs> like like a monk or something. Um, my hair completely went. That was a big thing for me. And I was just, I was really, I was kind of getting upset then because sure. I, I, I was saying to myself, it would be, I'd be fine if I was completely bald, but I have a receding hairline. Um, and I was really upset. And obviously, like, my hair still isn't fully back. And I see people who've been, like, it's only, it is only a small thing. I'd rather be here with no hair than be dead with a full head of hair. No, but it's still, it's, it it's, is, it's a big it's, thing. It's still it's a big a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. Um, so that was really, really tough. Um, and then probably a few weeks into radiation treatment, um, I decided that I'd start up my Instagram page. Yeah. And that was it. It was May, wasn't it? That you, you, yeah. you posted your first image and, you know, basically it was an introduction, um, to you and yeah. what you, what you, what you were going through. Um, and your reason for, for, uh, setting up the Instagram page was for your kids 
Yeah, I think at that stage, um, I had decided, like when I came home from hospital, the first thing I did is I went off and I bought three huge plastic boxes. And like, it's just funny, like I kept, I was cleaning like crazy. It was just, like I was on another planet. Um, but I got three large plastic boxes and my number one thing was, right, I want all their baby stuff, like, you know, like their, like their first dummy, they're like their little teddies, their, you know, the ba- the fir- their first yeah, baby girl, yeah, yeah, their yeah. towel from the hospital. Sorry, I took it. <laughs> <laughs> all these things. Yeah. I just wanted them to be organized because yeah. I knew Martin would never get round to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was happy that I had done that. But I was just freaking out every single day going, if I drop dead, like, how can I? They They won't remember me. They're not going to know, like, my personality. They won't know what I was like. How can I advise them through life? Do you know, like, if they're going to be in a situation where they're stressed, um, like, what advice can I give them? How can I leave my child with a letter that will sum up life and me and how much, oh, sorry, like, how much I love them? Um, like, you can't just do that in a letter. Um, and just just so much silly things like even for Phoebe, I know like I am actually very girly and, you know, like makeup and her getting her period and me up in there and all this stuff like I, I just wanted them like to leave them with advice just uh, and I just found that Instagram was the one thing that I could do that would take all these boxes. Like they'll know who I was, they'll see like on my darkest days like I sat in bed crying, but I got on with it the next day, do you know? And I, one big worry for me is um, suicide because I've been affected by it so much. And I'm always worried that, you know, whatever problems they face, that they won't, um, I won't be here to advise them. And I think that's my biggest worry. And that's why, like, even, do you know, every day I try and put up things, do you know, like just these inspirational quotes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that'll help them I, d- I don't know like everything just has meaning now yeah. and it was the, I just found that Instagram is the one thing that ticks all the boxes do you know for like they'll see our life together um, they'll see me writing how I was feeling how much I loved them yeah. like and it's only Instagram but I do feel like it's the best way to do it mm. I won't be panicking if I'm dying to write a letter do you know what I mean I'll actually And I know this sounds so morbid, but I'll actually just get to rest (laughs) for five minutes, (laughs) you know, Um, if that even makes sense, you know. And do do you think about that? Do you think about, I suppose it's inevitable and and unavoidable that you would think about it. Yeah. How long do I have? Yeah. When you're faced with something like this? Yeah, like I do, I think about it, but I think about it on my really bad days. Like I, like for example, today, obviously we're talking about this. But like, say, um, on a normal day, if I'm eating dinner, all I'm like, and this is an absolute gift, and I'm sure you have the same thing now. Um, if I'm eating dinner, all I am thinking about is eating dinner. If I'm drinking, all I'm like drinking a glass of water, all I'm thinking about is this water. Yeah, yeah. If I'm out walking, I'm thinking about the fresh air. I am so present and so in the moment now. And on my bad days, are the days that I just can't, my head is racing ahead. I'm thinking of Phoebe getting married or I'm thinking of like Finn going to college. I'm, it, the, my bad days are the days that I can't be in the moment and my head is racing ahead. And I am, yeah, I'm just like, I won't, like even the chance of living longer than two years, 50% chance, 
like that is better than what I thought. But then if I think about it, like my children are going to be two, six and seven or eight. And like, that's not long enough. That's not long enough. So when I think about it like that, and I just, I very rarely do. I probably, I have probably two or three days a month where I'm just so upset and sad. But as well, at the same time, as bad as it is, I'm nearly getting used to it, which sounds ridiculous. Do you know? No, it doesn't sound ridiculous, but I suppose, you know... It's just life. It is life now. Yeah. And so do you allow yourself to think of what if, what if I'm, I'm, I'm that percentage or whatever that, that goes against the science or manages to live longer than the odds I've been given? Yeah. Do you allow yourself to go to that place? And oh, think, definitely. I, I, I might be around. I know I really like I fully fully believe and this is why like obviously it's taken me a long time to get here but uh, but um I think my complete turning point the the time that I stopped crying every day my sister-in-law unfortunately she has dealt with cancer like through her family for for years and her dad was told that he would die 16 years ago and he's still here um so she came out and she said look you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to take this, take that. Um, and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to be fine. Now, I still, I don't think, like, obviously, I really, really want to get away with it. But I fully believe uh, with my diet, with everything that I'm doing to help myself, I know for yeah. a fact I can, I gamble on it that I will be here longer than two years. Well, that's it. I want to talk to you about that because, yeah. um, you know, you were talking before about on a really busy day, you'd be, you know, it would be Red Bull and coffee and maybe a toasted t- sandwich. And yeah. now what I'm seeing on your Instagram is healthy juices yeah. every day. <laughs> you don't touch booze. No, you are fueling your body with the very best of food that you can get into you. Yeah. So what is a typical day like now? Um. Well, thank God as well. I just... I don't know what my reason for having cancer is, but like now I know I was actually the place I was working. It was vegetarian slash vegan food. Okay. Um, and I've always had such good knowledge of food. Like I am a chef. My yeah. mom is a chef. Yeah. Um, so now I wake up in the morning and I actually, I think my friends must laugh at me because it's just so far from last year, but like it has to be that way now. Um, but I wake up in the morning and I have a green juice. It's a pint of juice. Um, celery cucumber lemon and it's all like it's full of anti-inflammatory properties like Mm. my whole diet i'm gone completely plant-based i have my own chickens i am a vegan but i eat their eggs like they're chickens that we've hatched ourselves oh yeah wow okay so we know do you know there's no um they're not on any medication or anything like that yeah um i yeah so i eat plant-based mostly organic um i put myself like i sit down in the morning I take my time drinking that juice yeah. I make sure I have like a lovely lunch I even you you would think like my poor children I feel like such a hypocrite they're still getting fish fingers and beans and <laughs> waffles or whatever <laughs> like but then I'm sitting down and I'm having this gourmet food um, and as well I just think it's the ultimate self care um, like I make sure I remember last year we were after planting all these flowers and I like Every day I put like edible flowers on my plate and just really treating myself, just having a lunch, like just a basic thing, but just really, really looking after myself. So mm. I, I'm taking loads of supplements, um, just yeah, eating as many vegetables as I can. 
And like the proof is there. I mean, food is medicine. It is. And, you know, I know this is a very superficial thing to say, but not alone are you very beautiful and you are. But you also look like the picture health. Thank you. You look so well. Uh, Do you know what? And I'm not like full of myself or anything, but I actually I have never felt better. I've always had issues with my skin. My skin is perfect. Like I, I feel anything but like I have cancer, never mind dying. Like I, I'm so alive. I'm more alive than I've ever been, which doesn't, and I'm, I've never been more closer to death. Like it's so messed up. When you're given a diagnosis of cancer or any type of severe illness mm. and you're faced with your own mortality. Yeah. It also gives you the opportunity to, to really live. live. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Were you the same? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, but it, as well, it's just, it's kind of, in a way, it's upsetting that it takes, it takes that. And, and it's something that we, we speak about a lot, you know, and I say we, as yeah. in whoever I'm speaking to on the podcast, that, yeah. you know, we have these wake up calls or aha moments in our life mm-hmm. due to trauma, difficulty. Yeah. But wouldn't it be great if we all got there? Oh, yeah. Without it, yeah. with having to avoid those, you know, and sometimes, you know. You could still have been green juicing every day of your life and, and unfortunately been given a, a diagnosis of cancer. You know, yeah. that can happen too. So mm-hmm. it, it's a whole mixed bag of stuff. But to wake up, to realise the importance of actually looking after yourself, minding yourself, yeah. it's huge and, and appreciate your life. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of people are still stuck in the worry, the worry of, you know, what is tomorrow going to look like next week? And, you know... You're very laid back in your approach. You strike me as somebody who not a lot really phases them. Mm. But it's because you've been faced with a lot of difficulty. So yeah, you're kind of, you're it. not a, a sweating the small stuff kind of person. Yeah. Like sometimes I get messages on Instagram. And they're like, are you really okay all the time? And I genuinely, like I am so, it's so important for me to be completely real. Yes. How appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, no, it really, really is because... At the end of the day, this is what I'm leaving for my children. I really want them to see if I had a problem, I cried about it and I was upset. But some like most of the time, I am absolutely fine. And me and my husband, we said the other day, like we were just thinking about the last year and, you know, it was January and whatever. And we were saying, you know, even though I got diagnosed with cancer last year, um, I was like, I still can't put it down as a bad year because for the first time ever, like we're with each other for so long. We mm. were at home with each other for the whole year and we still love each other. Like, obviously, we kill each other sometimes because it's been intense. We've been by each other's sides. But we had such a great year um, together as a family and just not working and not having any stress, do you know? Um, so sometimes I'm just so happy and then I'm just like, no, that actually can't be happening. Like, that can't be real that I actually had this cancer diagnosis. And that's why sometimes I think, no, I'm going to get away with it because mm. like everything I have, like we are blissfully happy. There's like there's just one problem and that's it. Yeah. Everything else we're good. So like some days on my good days, I'm like, no, that can't be it. But then on my bad days, I'm just like, what the hell? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Your treatment now, what does it look like? You've had you've had your operation You've had the radiation and the chemo. What have they told you is next? Um, Basically, for now, that's it. Um, Like that is the standard care for a GBM. That's the shortened terminology for it. But um, yeah, so that's it for now. 
and for the rest of my life I have to go for a scan every three months just basically like that's how aggressive it is that it could just change within three months okay so like I'm living life three months at a time um my last scan was on Phoebe's birthday my next scan is on Martin's birthday okay so hopefully they're good days but like I'm just so aware and it's not been negative I'm so aware that my life can change I'm sure you know within an instant um and like I've had the rug pulled from under, underneath me. So I'm aware that it can change so quickly. But that's it for now is just go for scans every three months. And if something does pop up, um, as in as if I have a reoccurrence, mm. I think the options are I'll probably be given chemo. I don't think I can get any more radiation. I think I've reached my limit. Mm. And then if it was grown very fast, um, I could get a debulking operation. So I have another operation just to try and take out as much as possible. Okay. So they took, they were able to get rid of 90% of it. But he basically described it as a piece of bread. If you take out the mold, the mold will eventually come back. Okay. So like, and you can imagine that it's so visual, isn't it? It's it is. really accurate yeah, it about is. what it is. So I'm just, yeah, fingers crossed, eat healthy, treat myself right. Yeah. And... Um, I'll defy all the odds. Yes, this you, one. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, it's the fact as well that I'm, I'm a big believer in that it's not just what you fuel the body from a physical point of view, but it's yeah. also what you're thinking of, yeah. what your vibration is. Yeah. And certainly from chatting to you here today and from following you on Instagram, mm. you know, yes, you have a cracking personality, great sense of humor, but you're also fearless and unbelievably positive thank you that's actually that's so that's the biggest compliment that's so nice it's just truthful it is it's just mm. truthful i have just been in awe of you thank you um and all your followers i'm sure would agree and then some you're just a, you're you really are one of life's uh, unique people i think a lot of us and i've had it i mean jesus i had my moments of of playing the victim when when i got diagnosed and my diagnosis is a completely different ballgame to yours completely different um but you, you and i know you've said you've had your your days and you've had your dark days but mm-hmm. you just you don't have an ounce of the victim about you it's it's it your your vibe is completely different you know you're as you said you're practical in your approach you're like, OK, let's get on with this. Let's move on. You know, you've used words like you're independent, you know, and I can feel it from you that you are. Mm. Um, and you've because you haven't had it easy in life either. You've had no. you've had a lot of stuff going on. Every and single I, turn, there's been something. And I'm sure there's plenty more that we haven't even got into. Yeah. I sense it from you. Yeah. And that has formed the woman that you are today. I mean, you're a powerhouse. You're 33 and you're here and you are living more than most people ever live. Yeah. You're more alive than ever. Yeah. Um, and that in itself is a powerful message. Yeah. Because we keep saying it because it is true. None of us know yeah. when it is mm-hmm. that our life is going to end. And when that time comes for all of us, and if we're lucky enough to have that moment of reflection before we leave. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't want to look it? back and regret. But you're not going to. I really hope, hope I don't, like I, even with my food and everything, like this is why I am so, like such a stickler. Like I'm all, I've always been extremely determined and I am very hard on myself. That's something that I need to really, really work on. Like I just, I decided like all these things that I, 
like say if I was going to die tomorrow, like I want to have a really good relationship with myself because I didn't have before. With yourself? With myself. Okay, like I, I don't, um, I used to look in the mirror and go, oh my God, like the state of me today. I do not say one bad thing. Like I couldn't find something last night and I was like, oh, I'm so stupid. And then I was like, no, don't say that. Mm. Like I'm fully, I'm like, I go to bed at night and I say, Alana, you are lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and I wake up and I say it in the morning as well because I was so terrified that I'd die without really loving myself yeah. and looking after myself. And even with my food and stuff, I am so, like, I am ridiculous about it. Like, even, you know, having a square, like, I have 85% dark chocolate, but then some days if I'm just like, I just want to gorge on crisps and everything. And if I do it, I just get so upset afterwards because I'm just so worried that like I don't want to be on my deathbed and go, I should have tried harder, Do you know, especially for my children. I really I want to eat as well as possible, do all the things, do you know, that will prolong my life. I would hate to be in my deathbed going, Jesus, I re really wish, you know, I tried this or I didn't do that or whatever. Now, I don't know if I'm crossing the line here, but if you do... There's no line. Go on. Okay. <laughs> but if you do have a moment where you just want to gorge on the crisps and the, and the chocolate or whatever... Yeah. I can do it. And really? don't be beating yourself up. My God, yeah. I think, like, you know, because your percentages of being good... You know what I mean? If you're yeah. if you're now eating, like, it's, it's like night and day. Yeah. The Alana before cancer yeah. and the Alana now. Yeah. So if you have, like, you take a half an hour out of your day and you have some chocolate, Jesus, that's not going to set you back. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're doing so well in the other stuff. It's if you were eating nothing and then you were just, that's the only food sources yeah. you were getting. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be the best thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is about a balance. It's yeah. about a balance physically, mentally and emotionally. It's about when they're in alignment. And if you're feeding your mind with positivity and and just you know optimism that's yeah. really healthy that's really good yeah. and you're doing it with your body as well but in a way that's the stress that that brings on if you're beating yourself up over having the bar of chocolate you know th that in a way is is, it's, is it's, it's well it's counterproductive isn't it yeah. it's counterproductive and yeah. um you know everything is you know everything in moderation as they say i'm a big believer in that yeah. anyway you have to have a balance and you're playing a blinder like please just you know, ha take a moment and I'm glad you're telling yourself you're lovely. Yeah. You are doing unbelievably well. There are plenty of people and I think it's safe to say I could very much be one of those people that if I was in your situation, I'd be crumbling in a corner somewhere. I don't Whereas look at you, look at you. You're here today. You are so present. You are speaking so well. Um, I'm 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 just I'm just blown away by you. Um, I really am. Well, thank you so much. No, you don't need to thank me. It's just no, the it's, ju it's just the truth. Um, so look, life now is getting the house in order, uh, you know, living day to day. But, you know, you really are living and you're enjoying it. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the fact is you guys aren't working now. Yeah. And, you know, there will be more treatment that will be needed down the line. And perhaps yeah. there will be some revolutionary treatment, hopefully, that you might want to try or explore. Yeah. And that costs money. Yes. So, and it's something we discussed before we, we sat down to have this chat and I know you're kind of uncomfortable about it, which also I think says a lot about your personality, which yeah. is a lovely thing. Um, and it's basically that you have a GoFundMe page yeah. um, because at the end of the day, you know, and I, you know, I, I've, I've been through it myself, so I know that yeah. treatments are bloody expensive. Yeah. Especially um, alternative. And especially like, alternative. With, um, 
with my case as well like I've I've basically finished my treatment with the hospital like obviously they will reach out and help me if I have a reoccurrence but like it's I'm pretty much like a goner um so my only hope and this was the reason as well this just set like the fire alight in my body Mm. like obviously I'm fighting for my life I want to be here for my children and me um, like before, I wouldn't have even put up a selfie on my, my old Instagram because I was just like, it just wasn't me. Yeah. Um, but I just want like even talking to you today, I just see it as another step that if um, my back is up against the wall, the more people that hear my story and that know about my story, the more chance there is of me getting the help that I need. Mm. Um, like at the moment, there is a trial They're after starting a new trial. Like it's so... They haven't really moved along um, with treatment for brain tumours. I think I'm going to say 15 years, nothing has really changed. Um, so it is, it's all trials and it's it's very hard to get a trial, like to find something that you're suitable for, mm. that you fit the criteria. It's, it's very, very small. Um, yeah. But knowing that I suppose the funds are there if yeah. and when completely these treatments come along that's important so I will add the link in to the show notes and Mm. I think people are good I really believe in that I really believe in people power and people want to help and they feel better for doing it you know so if you're listening to this conversation and you're feeling as I do you want to do something and help anything at all would be um would help you know and if we all just gave a few bob um what what would you like to say to your to your kids and to Martin um, I have thought about this so many times, like as if like I am, oh my God, I'm getting emotional now again. But I've just thought about so many times if I'm just lying there and I'm about to die. And the only thing that I can say like to anybody, because like I'm not like, I'm not like an old lady or anything, but just be kind to yourself. Like that's the number one thing that I, if if I could just choose one sentence to say, just say be kind to yourself and just love yourself that's it just because I think when you are kind to yourself and you love yourself everything else falls into place yeah do you know like I think there's a I think yeah I think that's the most important thing in life now do you know and I'm finally kind to myself and as weird as this sounds I have been so much more stressed in other other circumstances than I have been throughout this last year Mm-hmm. And I think it's because over everything, my relationship with myself has gone so much better that I can handle stuff. And yeah, just to be kind to yourself, I think it's just so important. You know, like that's 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 all I could say. Yeah. If it came down to one thing, that is it. Yeah, because when you're kind, kind to yourself, you're looking after yourself. And when you're looking after yourself, it means that you're able to look after other people. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I wish you nothing but good health and continued good health because what you're doing now is clearly working and clearly, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're feeling good. Yeah. And, you know, I hope your scans go well. Um, I hope there will be more treatment available. And I think continue doing what you're doing because it's powerful and it's important. Um, I think a lot of us underestimate the power of how we think about things yeah and the knock-on effect that has on our bodies and Mm -hmm. how it responds and you know there isn't enough discussion about the links of stress on the body um and and it's it's all of these it's all of these things together 
that culminate and 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 create a, you know dis-ease within the body yeah. so um you've given i think a lot of people including myself a lot of food for thought and the importance of actually looking after yourself in every way but eat the bloody bar of chocolate and don't beat yourself up about it either <laughs> i'm off to center now <laughs> <laughs> come here thanks a million thank you so so much like and just from the get-go it's just been an absolute pleasure thank you likewise if you were moved by this conversation please show your support for alana if you can by donating to her gofundme page you'll find the link in the show notes This episode of Ready to be Real Conversations was brought to you in partnership with hcc.ie and supported by Irish Life Health. hcc.ie's experts can help you find a health insurance plan that suits your needs and your budget. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.